We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Book your New Jersey summer vacation. Get ready for sunshine vibes and waves of beach and boardwalk fun. Go for exciting destinations, entertaining nightlife, and endless outdoor adventures. Whether relaxing along 130 miles of Jersey Shore or climbing high in the Skylands. Create your New Jersey summer escape at visitnj.org slash book now. Hello Cleveland, welcome to another edition of the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. This is episode 78. I am your host, Jack McCurry, and with me as always is my co-host, Anthony Jokey, who is on location this week in Seattle, Washington. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. I've had a nice few days start to my vacation out here in Seattle, so I'm really enjoying it. And obviously yesterday we get went to the Brownsbackers bar to watch the Browns game and uh, it was a rough one, but it was a, a hell of a time, so I'm ready to, to talk some Browns here. Yeah, we'll definitely discuss your experience out there at the Browns Backers Bar in Seattle, but we are here to talk about yesterday's game. You know, it was another tough defeat. Um, you know, I think Daryl Ryder put it, Daryl Ryder from 92.3 The Fan put it the best this morning with uh, Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima. He said the Cleveland Browns once again snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, the Browns at one point in the second half were up by 14 and, you know, Oakland came storming back in the fourth quarter due to some turnovers and, um, you know, they had it tied up. The Browns took the lead back and then there was some controversial calls at the end of the game and forced it to overtime. But Anthony, when you look at this game, are you blaming it more on the officials calls and mistakes that they made or are you blaming it more on the fact that the Browns had a two touchdown lead and couldn't hold it uh to me it's, it's more on the two touchdown lead I mean the the officials didn't help uh anything but when you have a two touchdown lead in the second half uh, you know you should win the football game and uh you know they're were a lot of issues yesterday that had caused uh, this whole the disaster in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter as well. They had five straight possessions uh, of they either punted the football or turned it over, and those were uh, they didn't even get first downs on those possessions, uh, so they couldn't move the football whatsoever. Um, 
you know, the, the defense couldn't stop anything underneath. The guys were dropping everything uh, yesterday. So it, it was a combination of a lot of things. If, if I had to place a weight on it, you know, I would say that the it was more 75% what the Browns didn't do to 25% of uh, the officials, um, you know, not making the proper calls. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, yeah, those calls were definitely controversial, and we're going to talk about them here in a moment. But when you look at it, the defense gave up 565 yards of total offense to the Oakland Raiders. And um, that's not good, especially when, you know, after the Jets game, everybody was talking about this being a top five, perhaps even the best defense in the National Football League. You you can't do that. And I know Oakland's got some talented players on offense, Derek Carr, Marshawn Lynch, Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, Jared Cook. But if you're going to be a top-level defense, and obviously we lost a key contributor on defense yesterday, you still need to at least limit that offense. And, I mean, you look at who we had to play against in the first couple weeks. Pittsburgh, we limited Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. New Orleans, we limited Drew Brees and his skill weapons for a little bit until the end of the fourth quarter when the defense was gassed. And then against the Jets, you know, we limited Sam Darnold and the running game after, you know, the momentum shifted our way. But uh, you, everybody wants to talk about the Carlos Hyde run on third down and two late in the fourth quarter. The Browns had the ball, just needed those two yards to put the game away. You know, we've watched it back and forth, I don't know how many times in the last uh, 18 hours. Anthony, do you think it was a first down or do you think that the refs got the call right and made the force the Browns to punt late in the fourth quarter? Um, well, I, I thought they got it right the first time when he called it a first down and, you know, just watching the replay, I don't know how they had enough video evidence to overturn it. Um, you know, to me, this is like, the opposite of what happened with the JT Barrett thing against Michigan um, a couple years ago. So uh, if this is payback for that, that's that's fine. This is always worth it being Michigan. But um, you know, I, I was pretty confident that, that was a first down. And uh, you know, after watching the replay multiple times, I, like I said, I, I don't know how they had enough to overturn it. And in that situation. Um, you know, they have to be 100% sure, and, and I guess they were 100% sure that he was short of the line of game. So, look, there, there were, you know, you could um, look at that all you want. If you were two inches short, why not go for it at that point? You get that first down, that ball game's over. And, and where they were at, um, a field goal wasn't going to uh, beat you anyway. Uh, so, you know, you they had to score a touchdown. They had to score a two point conversion to, to tie the football game. You know, the defense was struggling in the second half, but you know there was still an opportunity there. Where if you would have gone for the uh, first down on that fourth down and, and missed it, you know your defense still could could stop them, and and they should have stopped them. But uh, you know, to me, even though they were short, I, I would have gone for the fourth down at, at that point. I mean, you have a nice interior line that you've built in free agency with Batonio, uh, Treader, and Zeitler sneak the football right up the middle. Um, you know, all you need is two inches. I, you just 
grab the football, you reach it over the line again, that's it. It's a first down, ball game's over. I that's that's the more issue I had with that whole situation was not going for it on fourth down in that situation. Yeah, I think like you said, there's only a couple inches to the first down marker. You know, why not just sneak it up the middle with Baker? But, you know, maybe Hugh and Todd Haley had a little trepidation there because of one of the fumbles that happened was a botched snap between Treader and Baker, and obviously that's something they need to work on in practice to clean it, clean that up. So maybe there was nerves there that maybe there was another botch snap, but yeah, go for it. They were aggressive in play calling all day long, and then all of a sudden, you know, in a fourth and inches situation, they decide to punt the ball, knowing that their special teams unit has been god awful through the first four games, and they decide to put the ball back in Derek Carr's hands with the weapons he has. I mean, it's a questionable call for sure. Um, you know, the other call that everybody wants to talk about is the fumble that didn't happen, but it did happen. Uh, Derek Carr got uh, strip sacked by Miles Garrett and Jannard Avery. You know, Larry Ogunjobi picked it up and was going for a touchdown. And, you know, I know a lot of people are frustrated over that call. My defense is it was on a third down. The Browns got the ball back anyways on a punt. And then a couple plays into the drive, Nick Chubb goes 41 yards for a touchdown. I mean, Anthony, is there something that Browns fans should be uh, complaining about today, knowing that we already we did score a touchdown anyways? Um, I, I think they're complaining because it was in addition to everything else with the referees yesterday. You know, it's just a, another point of emphasis that they can look at uh, with the refs. You know, that was a fumble. Uh, it should have been a touchdown for Larry Ogunjobi, um, and, and we all know that he's – absolutely deserve one uh, for as well as he's played this year. So, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it, you know, they did score afterwards, but I, I think it's just the point of emphasis of the the mistakes that the referees made yesterday. That's why people are complaining about it. Um, do you think the, the, do you buy the conspiracy theory that, the NFL hates the Cleveland Browns, or do you just think it's wrong place, wrong time once again for all these mistakes that keep happening on the Brown side? You know, I don't know if they hate the Browns specifically. I think it's more of um, they they want games to, to come down to the final two minutes, the final four minutes to make games exciting. Um, but other than that, I, I, you know, obviously a, a lot has happened to the Browns over the years in terms of bad referee calls. You know, you look at Bottlegate, uh, et cetera, uh, and especially yesterday too. But, you know, I, I don't think that the Browns are, are targeted specifically. I, I think it's more so, you know, the NFL wanting games to, to come down to the final, whatever. So the uh, games are exciting at the end of the game. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, you know, we were a four o'clock game yesterday. I, there's a belief that, you know, maybe the NFL dragged this out a little bit more so that you have nonstop football from one o'clock all the way through till Sunday night. Once the Sunday night game was over and, you know, the Browns game went into eight o'clock. And by the time that game was over, they were able to transition right into the Sunday night game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So yeah, they could have done this to make it a little bit exciting. I know my one buddy was texting me throughout the game. He goes, Buffalo Wild Wings just called. They they want this game to keep going. And, you know, 
obviously this game went into overtime and it went down to right down to the to the end again the second overtime game the browns have been in already this season but um let's transition uh to baker mayfield you know yesterday was his first start i didn't think he played all that bad you know you look at the box score he went 21 of 41 for 295 he had two touchdowns two interceptions um and he also fumbled twice um i look when i go back and look at this game i only credit him for honestly two of two of the turnovers obviously the one pick he threw late in the fourth quarter trying to move the ball down in the field goal range um it was a bad bad decision on his part trying to force it to Callaway and it got picked off and then the one fumble um that you know he was back in the pocket and he tried to throw it real quickly but the offensive line was collapsing around him and instead of throwing it away he was trying to make a play and it just he got the ball stripped um, how do you think he performed yesterday? Uh, I, I thought he performed uh, pretty well. Uh, you know, it, it obviously wasn't perfect. You know, you look at his uh, completions to, to attempts, he was 21 to 41. It probably should have been closer to 31 to 41 uh, with, with all the drops that the, the receivers had yesterday. Um, you know, he, he is a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. And, you know, he made a terrible mistake. Uh you know, you mentioned it there with that throw down in Callaway at the end of regulation. You know, you still have plenty of time on the clock to, to run a football play. Uh, maybe two more at that time. You know, just throw the ball out of bounds and, and see if you get in field goal range at, at that point. Uh, you, you mentioned the botched uh, fumble uh, that he had uh, with, with Treader. You know, th- those things are, are correctable. Um, but other than that, uh, I thought he played extremely well. Uh, you saw him scramble a couple times for first downs. Um, you know, I, and I love that his first instinct isn't to do that, but when he does need to do it, uh, it's very effective, and he's been able to get first downs. So, um, you know, look, he is a rookie quarterback. There's going to be peaks and valleys all season long with Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, if you remember two years ago with Jared Goff, Everyone was writing Jared Goff uh, as a bust uh, through those first eight games. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was unfortunate. But you saw what he's been able to do for the last, uh, you know, this season with the Rams. And I'm very excited for, for what Goff could do. And, you know, when you look at Baker Mayfield, you're probably going to get the same thing with him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do remember the golf, you know, talk and everybody wanted to bury the kid and he, you know, obviously he's got a great coach and offensive play caller and Sean McVay with him, but I always seen the talent there in Jared Goff and I always believed that he could be a top quarterback in this league and he's doing a great job for the Rams. But like you said with Baker, he's going to have his ups and downs. No rookie quarterback is perfect despite the narrative out there by some people. When you talk about guys like Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson, they even had their uh, downs as, as much as their ups in their rookie seasons. But, you know, with Baker, you know, I thought he had a well game. Like you said, he his completion percentage should have been higher and you could see it when you watch back. He was getting the ball to the receiver's hands. There was just a lot of drops on the Browns' side of things. And, you know, Jarvis Landry had even said last week that Baker has so much zip on that ball, and it was apparent on some of the throws yesterday. But um, if I'm Landry, if I'm Callaway, if I'm Najoku, if I'm all the receivers, get get on the jugs machine, turn it up a couple notches because you know Baker's got that zip, and just work on getting those 
those fastballs coming your way because that's how Baker does it. I mean, yeah, he puts touch on it, and that one back shoulder fade into the end zone for Landry yesterday was a great throw. Uh, the throw downfield to Darren Fells was great, but, you know, those balls are going to come to those receivers because Baker is so accurate, and he's, he puts it right in, their, in the right position. Those guys just have to make the plays and catch the ball. And I know they're – with Callaway especially, you know, coming out, and I even – posted his scouting report yesterday his hands are inconsistent and the jokus are too but they're just gonna have to work on their timing and their chemistry with baker and i think in due time you'll see that this offense will be productive and it was productive yesterday yeah it, it was productive and you know you could look at, at the chemistry and you know you could probably point to the fact that Obviously, Baker didn't get many reps with these guys at all because he didn't get any reps with the ones during training camp and during the preseason. So, you know, maybe that was a mistake. But, uh, you know, when you look at it now, they're just going to have to build the chemistry through practice throughout the entire season. Yeah, definitely. The one thing, you know, it seems like he's got a good chemistry with Callaway and Higgins, and that's because, you know, while he was getting second team reps, so were those guys. And so Callaway obviously got the bump up because of, you know, Gordon not being there and Coleman being traded. But, you know, you can see that those with those two receivers, he has a good chemistry with. It seems like he had a good timing with Duke Johnson on uh, pass plays yesterday. And uh, Darren Fells, obviously, the one ball – he had two targets yesterday, but the one ball that was ended up being the 49-yard touchdown seemed like he has a good form with all those guys. So uh, Landry, I think he still needs to work on some things with him. Obviously, and you've seen flashes yesterday in the game and as well as with the Jets game. But, you know, just giving it time, I think this offense will be zinging along like it did yesterday. I mean, they scored 42 points. That's the most points they've scored in a game since the 51 40 five shootout between the Bengals week two of 07. So, you know, this offense has the potential to be high, high fire firepower. And I think they could put a lot of points up against any defense. And it was apparent yesterday. Yeah, definitely. You know, you look at the Baker's last um, six quarters, they scored 63 points. That, that's a great sign uh, for this offense. Uh, you know, obviously I, I don't know the number um, off the top of my head for uh, Tyron Taylor's first 10 quarters. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think Baker scored more uh, so far than, than Tyron has. So, you know, look, this offense is going to go through growing pains because you have a rookie quarterback. And, you know, that's why you need to be effective around football. And I think yesterday – you know, they were beating down that Oakland defensive line with Carlos Hyde, and then you saw when he put Nick Chubb in there, you know, he's a different kind of back. And when Chubb got in there, he had two nice long touchdown runs. So he had a 63-yarder. Um, I think he had, was it, 30-something-yarder as well? Uh, maybe a 40-yarder? You know, look, when you have two really good, effective running backs, you can definitely use them to your advantage. And when you have a rookie quarterback, running the football uh, effectively is a great tool to help that rookie quarterback. And uh, I think since Baker came in uh, in the Jets game last week, the, the running game has done a complete 180 than what it was doing when Tyrod was in there. Yeah, definitely. The running game has been has been strong all season. I don't think even when Tyrod was in there, I thought the running game was pretty good. Obviously, with Baker, 
it's going to open up a lot more. And I'm glad you brought up Chubb just because that was the next thing I was going to transition to. I mean, we said it last week when we previewed the Jets game uh, that Nick Chubb needed to get involved more in the offense. And obviously, he only had three carries yesterday, but you talk about making an impact with those carries. He did just that. He's the first Browns running back with multiple 40-plus-yard touchdowns since Jim Brown in 1963. And Nick Chubb did it as a rookie. You know, and he's getting limited snaps, obviously, because Carlos hides the lead back, and that's. But Chubb needs to get the ball more, and you can see it. I mean, I don't know how many guys in the league that are 230-pound running backs have game breakaway speed, but I seen it yesterday with Nick Chubb. I mean, he's a big boy, and he turned on the Jets and ran away from defenders. And you don't find too many big running backs that can do that. No, you don't. And look. If the the Browns aren't going to, you know, if Todd Haley isn't going to play him on offense, Nick Chubb has to do exactly what he did yesterday, make the most of his opportunities. That's the only way that he's going to continue to get more carries is when he does stuff like that. So uh, while he might not get uh, as many carries, as, as many touches as we want him to, if he continues to make the most of it, he'll, he'll find his way into more touches and more carries. Absolutely, and I think the one thing that's holding Nick Chubb back right now from getting more carries is his ability to pick up blitzes and pass protection, and that's something Carlos Hyde does better right now, and I think that's because Carlos Hyde's been in the league five years, five or six years. Um, You know, Nick Chubb will get better with that. Uh, Will he get better that with more reps? Probably, but he's, he's still got room to grow as a running back, and I think yesterday... After yesterday, Todd Haley will give Nick Chubb more opportunities to run the football because you can see it's working. He's got 10 carries. He's averaging 14.6 yards a carry. Granted, you take away those two touchdowns, he's got eight carries for, I think it's 45 yards. So he's still averaging over five yards a carry. So obviously when he gets the ball, he makes plays. And I think Todd Haley will definitely see that. And I'm sure Freddie Kitchens, the running back coach, will obviously ask for to him to get the ball more. And maybe we'll see it more. A guy that got the ball more yesterday was Duke Johnson. He finally, we asked for him to get the ball more. And the Browns did that. He had six touches on, um, he got targeted six times in the passing game, had four catches for 45 yards. And then he had two carries for 11 yards. So maybe, you know, Todd Haley's finally seeing if I get these guys the ball more, it's more opportunities for the ball the ball to get down the field. Obviously, we know what Carlos Hyde is. He's the power back in this group. But, Anthony, do you think we're going to start seeing more of Duke and more of Chubb as the season wears on? I'm hoping so. And, you know, I think they realize that, you know, these three guys are, are really talented and they all need to see the football field. And, and that's – uh, part of what makes it so tough is, is they're all so talented that it's hard to find snaps for, for everybody. So, um, you know, I'm curious uh, to, to go in and look at the snap counts for yesterday because it's been very uh, one-sided through the first uh, three games uh, in terms of, of snap counts. You know, the majority has gone to, to Chubb. Uh, you know, I would say Duke's got about 30% of the snap counts, and, and then you're looking at Chubb, who's got about 5%. So I'm curious to see how that changed yesterday. 
Um, you know, in terms of the touches, you know, Hyde still got probably about 75, 80% of them. Um, maybe that number needs to come down a, a little bit and the other two need to go up. But it, it's just going to take some time, I think, for Haley to find the, the perfect mix of of the touches that these guys need to get. Yeah, looking at it on pro football reference right now, Hyde had 61% of the offensive snaps yesterday with 50 uh, Duke Johnson had 29, which was 35%, and Nick Chubb only had three. And uh, But he played 15 snaps on special teams. Um, obviously, those numbers are going to change offensively, but I think they will because Chubb showed you that he's a home run hitter when he gets the ball, and he proved that at Georgia, and I think we'll see more of him as, we, uh, as the season progresses. Um, obviously, I think the last thing we need to talk about on this in this game was the special teams performance. Oh my God, it was terrible. And, you know, people told me about Amos Jones when the Browns picked him up from Arizona, but I did not realize how terrible he truly was as a special teams coach. And it has been a disaster through the first four weeks. I could argue he should be fired today, but I doubt Hugh Jackson's going to do that. He's not going to make a drastic change, although it looks like it needs to be done. I mean, the protections... Uh, the fact that they couldn't line up for a kickoff properly and just they're not tackling properly. And you've seen it yesterday. Dwayne Harris gave up some or picked up some big returns on, on the punt game and helped set Oakland up to score points offensively. So, I mean, Anthony, in that bar yesterday, what was the fan reaction with the special teams performance? Um, it was not very pleasant, uh, yesterday. Um, look, you know, from the, the combination of, yeah, the not tackling, um, you know, not being able to cover kickoff to the, the biggest thing that people were upset with were the kick returns. I, I've had enough of Jamil Peppers on, on kick return. Um, I don't know who they could put back there. But it better not be him anymore. Uh, he better not be returning punts uh, as well. So, um, you know, they need to find some kind of return specialist uh, either this week or, or some point in the near future because this is the one thing that's really holding them back is special teams. And, yeah, I guess it's nice that we can say that, you know, this is the worst unit on the team for once. But if you want to win football games, it needs to be pretty darn good. I've been happy with what uh, Joseph has been doing um, since he's been here. But they, they need to continue to improve the other areas if they want to win football games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody can say, like, special teams isn't important. It is important. And yesterday was prime example. Um, if they need a return specialist, we had one. He was our kick returner last year and during the preseason. Matthew Days, he's still available. Why not give him a call and bring him back in? I know maybe not carrying four running backs would be uh, the best thing, but if Jabril Peppers isn't doing a good job at in the return game, why not put Callaway back there? I think the first uh, punt return yesterday, he was back there, and then they went right back to... Uh, peppers and I just don't understand that but you know they do need to bring somebody in um you know I thought the punting has been good um Greg Joseph's been solid since he came in as the new kicker but obviously like there's times where the kicks are almost getting blocked 
the protections are poor and obviously like I said the tackling has been god awful so Amos Jones needs to do a better job coaching or he's definitely going to be out of a job pretty soon and it's amazing he's not already yeah uh, you know I think he's well earned his nickname so far as infamous Amos absolutely and I just remembered one more thing to talk about obviously the Browns took a blow on defense yesterday with uh, Terrence Mitchell getting hurt and what was a gruesome looking injury. He walked right off quickly. Hugh Jackson told everybody after the game that uh, Mitchell fractured his forearm may require season ending surgery. Um, And it was apparent yesterday when he went off that the defensive uh, scheme changed. They TJ Carey moved over to corner. Um, This guy that has not made an impact much during the season and the Browns paid a lot of money to bring him here from Oakland, and he disappointed yesterday. Uh, Anthony, what do you think the Browns are going to – well, first of all, the impact of losing Mitchell, what is it going to mean to this defense, and what would you do to make up for that loss if you were Greg Williams? Um, you know, obviously the impact is going to be huge. You saw it yesterday. Uh, I thought Mitchell has played extremely well. Uh, through the first, you know, three and a half weeks of the season. And, you know, that's just, the, you know, the, the reaction in the bar yesterday when he got up from that tackle and you saw his arm. Um, it was not good, uh, you know, and it, it sucks to see injuries like that. Um, you know, you did see EJ Gaines come in in his spot and, and get an interception. Um, you know, that was one positive. But, uh, other than that, the, the replacements, you know, didn't do uh, a very good job. And, you know, I think things will change uh, this week. You know, I well, they obviously have to change. But, you know, Greg Williams will have a, a full week to uh, think of things and, and think of how he wants to align everybody on, on defense. Um, you know, I don't know if you, if you move Calhoun into his spot. What do you do? Um you know, it, I'm sure Greg will, will find a way to move everybody while around. What's nice is with the secondary is there's so many guys back there that have uh, flexibility. You're able to play them in, in different positions. And I think that's something that they really looked at in this past offseason was finding, you know, guys that can play corner, play safety, that can play slack corner um, as, as well. So I, I think that they've done a good job getting guys with versatility and that's why I think that you know this week there won't be too much of a problem you know uh, plugging and placing everybody uh, in a secondary yeah I thought EJ Gaines played well yesterday you know him and Demarius Randall both played well Carey struggled I think right now I would focus probably putting Gaines at number two corner maybe insert body Calhoun in there a little bit to get him on the field because you know, while he struggled the first couple of weeks, I still think he's a key part of that secondary. Um, keep TJ Carey in at the nickel. I think that's his best spot. I think that's what earned him his his new his contract with the Browns. Um, but you have to go with what you got. Obviously, guys that we had brought in during preseason for visits and workouts, like Rashad Breland and Pac-Man Jones, they're no longer on the market. So you have to go with what you got. Maybe you call up Jeremiah McKinnon to take. Um, Mitchell's spot if he has to go on injured reserve. You have Denzel Rice, um, who has not performed very well on special teams. Uh, Maybe you give him a chance back there, but 
you have to go with what you got at this point. And it's up to Greg Williams and the coaching staff to coach these guys up and put them in the best position to succeed. Um, so we're going to have to go with what we got. But uh, before we get on out is uh, is uh, is is Breland still a free agent? No, he signed with Green Bay late last week. So okay, yeah. I, I I missed that then. Yeah, uh, I would like to bring him in. I thought you know this was a guy that the Browns had targeted early in free agency, um, but there was an injury and they brought him back in during camp for a look. But he was obviously wanting a multi-year deal, but then he finally signed with Green Bay. So, um. Props, you know, he's got to make his own decisions, obviously. And he said that Green Bay took a chance when no one else wanted to, but he's obviously not telling the whole story because he wanted his money too. So, but I can't fault him for that. And obviously, with what happened with Earl Thomas yesterday, can't fault guys wanting their money in the NFL because yes, yes, I mean, that that Earl Thomas thing yesterday was uh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get on out of here, I put up a poll on the 1085 gridiron page twitter page which you guys can follow at 1085 gridiron who was your top dog of the game um we put up four options baker mayfield nick chubb demarius randall and joe Schobert. uh credit to shout out to joe Schobert. he had 14 tackles in the sack yesterday um anthony out of those four choices who would be your top dog of the game um I, I'll, I'll have to go with Chubb. I, I mean, this guy came in. He only had three carries, but he had 105 yards and, and two touchdowns on those carries. And uh, he should have sealed the, the game for the Browns late in the first quarter uh, when they were able to go up, uh, was it 42 to 34 at that point? Uh, that, that should have been the end of the football game. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the defense gave up a, a touchdown, a two point conversion after that. But, you know, I, I'll give it to Chubb for giving the Browns what should have been uh, the, the game-sealing touchdown. Yeah, I would have to go with Nick Chubb, too. He was unbelievable. We talked about it earlier in the show. You know, you don't find too many 230-pound running backs that have breakaway speed. And um, I'll have to look up the next-gen stats because I'm sure they will tell you just how fast he was going. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick another guy, Demarius Randall. He was all over that secondary yesterday. He had the interception that helped set up one of the Browns' touchdowns. Um, he has been a great acquisition for this defense. And, you know, we were looking for that free safety, and the Browns tr- obviously traded for him and put him back at free safety where he belonged. You know, Green Bay tried to make him a corner, and it, it didn't work out. But he belongs at free safety for sure, and he keeps us up. We might see him in Hawaii at the end of the season uh, representing the Browns. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, before we get on out of here, is there anything you want to plug? I know you got a interesting project you're doing. Oh yeah, um, you know I I've been working with uh, Jake Burns, who you know we've had on the show before. Uh, I've been building some graphics for him, so you want to check those out. Be sure to follow the uh, Browns Breakdown uh, Twitter handle. It's Browns, uh, or it's Browns Film Breakdown. My bad. It's Browns Film. Uh, BKD. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Um, and obviously, uh, you guys know where to follow the podcast at 35 Grid on Twitter on, and on Facebook as well. You can find the podcast at all uh, platforms uh, that you can listen to. Um, there you go. 
Yep. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle. You can check out my website, thenorthcoastsports.com, for all the latest on the Browns, the Cavs. Their season's getting started here in the next couple weeks. And, of course, the Indians, as their another run in October begins uh, this coming weekend against Houston. So be on the lookout for Indians uh, postseason coverage on thenorthcoastsports.com. Also check out the North Coast Sportscast. It's the other podcast that myself and Anthony do. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube. Um, hopefully we'll get a new episode out to you guys soon, talking about the Indians and the Cavs as uh, they get the Indians keep rolling and the Indians or the Cavs are getting started. And uh, as we get on out of here, as Anthony will always ends the show with, I will end the show as well with a uh, Go Browns. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Or. House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.